Hi folks, Eric from Hit Subscribe here, and today I'm doing another one of the freelancing Q&A. This one's maybe a little bit of an intermediate one, but an interesting topic in my opinion. Um, it is, reading off the screen here, how long does it take to break the feast famine cycle and how do you do it? Um, so I guess to begin with, let me define what the feast famine cycle is. You probably are familiar with this intuitively, like you can guess what this means. And as a freelancer, if you've never heard the term, you can still probably relate to it. But basically, this is the kind of like, I guess, when it rains, it pours idea. Um, so you hang out your shingle, you're a freelancer, and you're doing some work. Maybe you're on a gig for six months or a year. And while you're um, on that gig, you get all kinds of people saying like, hey, would you want to do some work for me? Um, and your response has to be, uh, no, I'm fully booked. I can't help you. And then they find some other solution to their problem. But when your gig is up and you need the next gig, suddenly all that prospective business that you had is all gone. It's nowhere to be found. And maybe you go a month or two without actually having any kind of work. So um, I think if you're like a salaried employee to some extent, like that's the easiest model to relate because usually that's as feast or famine as it gets you're employed, you generally can't, you know, get other employment. And then at the time when you're suddenly not employed anymore, uh, that's when you want to be employed again. So um, in the gig-based freelancer world, like if you're taking on projects where you can only have one client at a time, this is an incredibly common situation, this feast or famine uh, concept. And, um, it, you know, if you're new to this, you might wonder why somebody would want to get out of this. Uh, it's because it's like pretty unpredictable. So if, or it makes your like personal and business finances, both pretty unpredictable. Um, <clears throat> so if you sign on to do some work kind of on an indefinite timeline for a client, and then, um, that ends and you don't know when your next gig is going to come, uh, it get, gets pretty hard to plan, you know, what your business's income will be and thus like what kind of personal income you'll take out of it. So, you know, planning things like the year's vacation, you know, can we afford to go on vacation this year? You know, it, it gets hard to say. Um, now, the serial gig-based freelancers may be the most extreme version of this, but a lot of businesses, especially new businesses, will struggle with this, where it seems like all of your prospective business comes at once, you're turning down a lot of it, and then when you actually need um, some business when you have capacity, uh, it gets hard to find. So um, how long does it take to get out of this? Uh, and how do you do it? Like, what does getting out of this look like? Um, I, I think in order to address that, I need to kind of talk through like what the underlying causes of this sort of thing are. So um, I made a couple notes over here, but the first one is limited capacity. So um, imagine a hypothetical world that was like that Michael Keaton movie where you could clone yourself as much as needed now you're going along doing your stuff as a graphic designer, software engineer, like whatever you do. Um, and every time a new opportunity came up, you could just clone yourself. This would mean you'd have unlimited capacity. So in order to break the feast or famine cycle in a sense, um, you could just create this magical universe and service all the business that came in. In that world, as long as you um, kind of like got the word out about yourself more than your gigs ran out, you know, you'd be good. You just get a gig, get the next gig and the next gig. And yeah, one would go away every now and then or finish, but you just keep getting more. So um, I'm 
framing it this way because one of the main sources of feast or famine is limited capacity on your end. The situation where you start having to tell people, no, I'm too busy, I can't do that. That's a huge cause of feast or famine. Um, now, I'm not saying that you should just say yes to everything and kill yourself, but it's more understanding that having a limited capacity in what you can deliver with your business or your practice is one of the big drivers of feast or famine situations because it leads you to turn down business during feast times. Um, another big source of this is on the like um, the sales end, if you will, which is uh, I, I jotted down like business development by coincidence. And what this means is um, you don't have any specific action plan to create or generate business um, called business development. So imagine that you're a freelancer um, and you just kind of take whatever gigs come along, word of mouth. Um, you know, I don't know, just waiting for people to contact you on Upwork. So if you're passive, if you're not really taking any kind of active role in finding and qualifying new business, then you don't have much control over when the phone rings. So if you're an order taker and you're just sitting there waiting for the phone to ring and somebody to tell you that they need your services, you have pretty little control over when that happens. So that's another big driver of feast or famine is not controlling like when the phone rings. So you know, when your gig is over, you're just sitting there hoping the next thing comes along. Um, and another big driver of this is what I'll call urgency of client need. So um, imagine a world where, um, or you know, like as a real world example, training might be a really good example of this. I was just talking to uh, Ruben Lerner, fellow podcast, uh, podcast panelist for our freelancer podcast. Um, and we were talking about his business, which is uh, Python training. Python training or training of any kind is the kind of thing that when a business uh, needs it, it'll have some flexibility over when to schedule like a week of training. So if you're a training provider and a company calls you and says, hey, can you come in and train our people? We really need some training next week. And you say, no, I don't really have any availability until April. A lot of companies will say, sure, fair enough. Uh, I'd rather it be now, but if we have to wait until April, so be it. That's a non-urgent client need. Uh, if, on the other hand, your business is putting out fires, and I mean actual fires, not metaphorical fires, like you're the fire department, you can't really tell people like, hey, we're pretty busy right now, you know, we'll get to it next week. So I'm kind of drawing, drawing two uh, ends of the spectrum here to say, if the nature of what you're doing is ser serving a typically urgent need that can't be put off, you're going to have uh, less control over your feast or famine cycles versus if you're in a kind of business where people are willing to wait for a month or two or even longer, um, you can like book out in advance and say, hey, I'm not available right now, but I will be later. And that can really help alleviate uh, feast or famine and not having that kind of drives it. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's any other, you know, immediate causes of it that I can think of. Um, not so much offhand. I mean, uh, you know, some of it might just be uh, duration of being in business. You'll find that just sticking around and managing to be in business for uh, several years can actually start to um, address this somewhat because once the word is out and people know that they can get a hold of you, uh, your things will start to level out because if you have, you know, a thousand people that know you're available to do whatever it is you do, um, the more people that are aware of that, the more likely your phone is to ring at any given time. So you're not really addressing 
the kind of capacity mismatch issue, but you're getting to a point by being in business for a long time where even if you have very little control over it, the phone will probably ring just by, you know, odds of you existing with a thousand contacts. So um, that's not the best way to address it is to just say, like, hopefully I stick around long enough that enough people know me that coincidentally I break the feast or famine cycle. So let's talk a little bit about how you'd address it and then maybe how long it'll take to address that. So how would one address feast or famine um, given what the causes of it are? So the big one, capacity, in my opinion, if you are getting business when you're fully booked um, and you're turning that business away, one great way to address it would be to increase your capacity in some fashion. So um, if you're running a freelance practice, uh, you might serve that business by bringing on subcontractors or other help. So you could scale from being a freelancer into being a small agency and that would address capacity. You increase your capacity, you're able to uh, fulfill more business. Um, so increasing your capacity is one good way to do it, but just like hiring other people isn't the only way to increase your capacity. You can also increase your capacity by shortening the duration of what you're doing. So if you're used to taking on like six month custom projects of some kind, if you can ratchet that figure down to a month or like two weeks or a week that it takes you to create those deliverables, well, now suddenly you're not saying to someone who calls, I'm in the middle of a six month project. You know, if you can wait until halfway through the year, great. If not, oh, well, now you're saying, hey, can you wait, you know, for a couple of weeks? And this is kind of like the training business. If you're doing trainings for like three to five days, um, you can fill up a bunch of those going out several weeks or even months, and it's easier to do that. So in a very real sense, you have more capacity because the thing you're doing only takes you a few days to do. So um, making your work shorter in like calendar duration, making it smaller in scope, um, those two things can kind of work complementary fashion, but um, either one of those. So smaller in scope might mean that, yeah, you do one this week, one next week, but it also might mean that you have four or five going in parallel and you, even if you have like four of them going on now, you could agree to another one. So basically you can increase your capacity by getting like more people and more fulfillment ability involved, or you can increase your capacity by doing smaller things. Either one of those is going to really help with feast or famine by virtue of the fact that you're not going to be saying uh, no nearly as much you will have more capacity to say yes. So when those booms of business come in, you can serve them or schedule them in such a way to like smooth out the rough edges. On the flip side of this um, is kind of handling things from the sales side. So you, um, you can, yes, increase your capacity so that when coincidentally things come in, you handle more of them and you do better, but you can also start to take control over your business development so let's say, for instance, that you're um, running a training business and you're selling a week of training at a time. Now you've had your phone ring, you've booked things out for the next two months, great. But during your downtime, like at lunch, during your training sessions, or you know maybe you do four day a week training and you have one day to like manage your business affairs, start trying to book you know trainings even further out. So go call old clients and see if they need any training. Um, you could start to do some marketing or you could start to do some kind of outreach or whatever the case may be, prospecting of some kind. 
where you are addressing in advance. You don't have, you have a feast right now. You see a famine in two months because nobody's booked you yet. So go pre-address that famine before it becomes an actual famine. Uh, store up, if you will, to, to keep this metaphor. <clears throat> um, another thing that you can do there, because, you know, at some point you're going to book out as far as you can. If you book two years in advance, you're still going to get people saying like, look, I, you know, it doesn't have to be next week, but I'm not waiting for two years. I'm going to get my training elsewhere. So um, in addition, you know, you can only realize so much of this by booking out or even by increasing your capacity because you can't just infinitely scale up your capacity in the short term. You'll hit a cap as to how much hiring you can do or whatever. Um, you can start to really think through over the long haul, like how much capacity do I have? And then um, what kind of activities could I do to make sure that I have a stream of, you know, potential leads and new business coming in all the time, not just like prospecting out in advance. And so if you think, um, Hey, you know, for my training business, I know that I'm going to be doing about three or four of these a month. You can start to work backwards and think like, okay, well, if I do three or four trainings a month, usually about half of the people I talk to about a training become customers. So in order to do three or four a month, that means I need to have six to eight sales calls per month. All right, well, how do I get six to eight sales calls per month? I notice that every time I advertise in this venue, um, if 100 people see it, I get about 10 sales calls. So uh, I need to run this many advertisements. Or if I do like a cold outreach email campaign to 1,000 people, that gets me 10 sales calls. So I need to reach out to 1,000 people. Um, if you start to kind of work backwards from your point of joy, where you're at capacity, where, you're, where you have continual feast, um, to the activities you have to do to generate business, that's a pretty good way to ensure that even if you don't know who these leads are or where they're coming from exactly, you are still going to get them. If I advertise, if I you know go speak at conferences, if I do some content marketing, um, I know that those efforts will on average produce this many leads per month, which on average turns into this amount of business per month. So uh, to kind of recap how I would address feast or famine, one is uh, increase your capacity. Uh, and two is to be more deliberate about how you're generating leads and like input into your business for fulfillment. As for how long that takes, it can really happen almost immediately. I mean, if you switched from whatever you're doing, where your capacity is one client for 40 hours a week for six months at a time to like, hey, I'm going to do training. Um, you could address it basically as fast as you could like line up training gigs. And I don't mean to keep harping on training. It's just kind of easy to reason about like three to five day training things. Um, but you could break the feast or famine cycle very quickly if you're able to reduce um, the scope or duration or, or somehow increase your fulfillment very quickly and you have business coming in. So there's no like magical length that it takes. I think what you'll find is the duration of how long it takes you to break the cycle really will depend on how attached you are and comfortable you are with your current business model. So if you've spent the last 10 years doing freelance gig based application development, and what I say to you is, Hey, you should really go out and build a productized service or do some productized consulting or, you know, write a book or whatever. And you balk at that and say, Ooh, I don't want to make all that change. Uh, then it'll take longer to break your feast or famine cycle if you're kind of attached to the way you do business. 
likewise, if you're doing gig-based uh, work and you're saying, well, you know, I'll do this as soon as, you know, this gig is up, well, it'll take you at least as long as that gig is up to break that cycle. Because um, really, there's no way around it. Like, breaking the cycle means in some fashion or another increasing your capacity and then getting more deliberate and accomplished about continually generating the proper amount of leads for your capacity. So you could do those things pretty quickly if you set your mind to it, or it could take a really long time if that's too far outside of your comfort zone. So I don't really have like a magic figure that it'll take you. Um, it's just a question of how long it takes to do those things. I will say that like, obviously you're not, if you materially change how you're doing business, you go from custom projects that last six months to some kind of like training or fixed build type of thing or fixed scope type of thing that takes a few days, you're almost starting over entirely from scratch. So you will initially break the feast or famine cycle by having no feasts and only famine. And I guess then you're not in a cycle. Um, so anyway, less facetiously, if you're radically altering what you're doing, it's going to take you a little while to build uh, the momentum of having business to begin with. So, you know, however long it takes to get going with a new type of business, probably is going to be measured more in the order of months than days or weeks. Um, so I would say, assume that breaking this cycle is going to take you maybe on the order of months if you're committed to it. For a lot of people, it may take years. Um, but I would certainly commit to it because it's not like, I think of feast famine cycles as being an understandable sign of an immature business. It basically means that you um, you don't have enough established practice in fulfilling your own business to reason about how much business you can do, where to find it, how much of it to get, et cetera. Once you're in business for a long time and you've done, you know, uh, however many gigs, like there's some number you get to 20, 50, 100 type of whatever it is you do, you'll start to really understand your business life cycle and that'll go away. It's just a question of getting enough at bats 